All right, welcome to episode two of three in the Euphoria offseason, a.k.a. season 2.5. I'm Dracos. You might know me. Uh, sitting to my left is the manifestation of my inner Asian frustration. You might know her as Froskarin. I thought we were doing four episodes. <laughs> we're doing, wait, I said three last episode, too. She's, she's new to this co-hosting thing, Yamada. You got to give her a break. <laughs> Joining us also today is the best-dressed man in esports. It is none other than the LEC's Frank Sinatra. I- Vitality's head coach, Jacob Yuano Cannon-Mebdi. He makes everything look good for Osco. Even that hoodie that he clearly threw on at the last minute as he showed up. And be sure to check under the table because he's got some sweet Yeezys on right now. The Yeezys really pull it together, though. That's that's how you know. It's like, like even when you're just wearing a hoodie and you're chill, like some part of you has to be like 10 out of 10 out of control. With the Rolex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't accessorize Rolex with hoodie? Rolex with hoodie is where it's at. That's tra- tracksuit mafia, baby. Frank Sinatra, that's, um, I like him. Yeah, he's good. I feel like that's like a classic style icon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know too much about him. Maybe I infringed myself in a bad way. But I was reading an article today about um, complexion when it comes to men's fashion specifically. And I actually figured out that that's why you work so well. You have like a medium complexion. You're not high contrast. Whereas like people can see camera on Dracos. Dracos has a uh, low contrast complexion because his hair is light and his skin is light. You're medium contrast because your hair is dark, but your skin is kind of in that olive tone, which means you can wear basically the gamut of anything. That's what I thought about. Yeah, that's for sure. That's Science. that's that's the reason why I said <laughs> Frank Sinatra for sure. That the skin tone thing you said. Got it. Uh, bet updates before we go any further. Quick shots in trouble. For those of you who do not know, he bet that Origin would win the split. Frostgren bet on G two. Yes. Yep. So Frostgren, you're pretty much safe from what we've seen so far. Quick shot is in trouble and may have to get a frog tattooed on him. I just wanted to let everyone know the bet originally was supposed to be you picked Fnatic or G two to win the split, or you picked anyone else. So there would a hundred percent be a tattoo. Quick shot backed out of this, and he wanted us to guess the specific team to win, which I understand it's a tattoo, it's a big thing, but I was ready to go all in it, all or nothing. I was like, Fnatic or G2, you either pick the Kings to win or literally any other eight teams. Would you have taken that bet? Well, yeah, Vitaly's gonna win. There you go. Yeah, we're we gonna ask a man who has a coach that's not for one of those two teams. You want in on this tattoo no, bet? No, don't put in on the tattoo <laughs> bet. Stop making tattoo bets. You've been here for like a week. <laughs> Mark the entire. Everyone's gonna have it. Trevor, blinded by love. <sighs> Oh, the fish show. Oh, God, the property of Frosker and <laughs> tattoos are going to start rolling in. All right, topics today, roster rumors. We talked about a little bit about it last week. We're going to follow it up. We also have a bunch of hot takes and wild theories from you, the fans. We'll round it all off with some important questions as we head into the LEC for the year and, of course, a bet in traditional eu 40 style. So first up, guys, we touched on it at the end. Yamato, I don't know if you got the end of the last episode. I need to talk about Perks 80 carry caps mid. Officially... Still a rumor, but literally every sign that can possibly point to yes, aside from official confirmation, has come in. We've had the deleted Fanatic owner tweet. We've had Perk saying he won't be a starting mid laner. Kind of sassily making fun of the people. I don't know. We've also had the the Jacob Wolf news articles breaking. So you got, you got what? That's coming out quick. The Jacob Wolf sourced article. You have the Perk sarcastic tweet, and then you have the blunder on social media. So what's it going to be? Yeah, I think it's um, pretty safe to say. Yeah. yeah. Also, can we just appreciate that Jacob Wolf is like... Yeah, shut up poten- to Jacob Wolf. Potentially a deity. My new theory is that he just actually decides all the rosters because he's literally never wrong. There's that mentality of like the top 1% of like people who control the world and it's actually Jacob Wolf. Yeah, Jacob Wolf e-sports. is the, f- the puppet master of esports. Okay, so it's it, let's assume it's happening at this point. Caps, mid lane, perks, 80 carry... I'm a, I'm a little confused. Where did this come from? Like, how how is it that it's like, ah, yes, this is the solution for G2 heading into 2019. This is how we become an all-star lineup is we take our all-star mid laner and put him in the bot lane and take someone else's all-star mid laner. I mean, I don't know about you, Yamato, but my first jumping off point is that we've already seen perks play ADCs. Like, the funnel meta G2 for probably about three weeks in the world were probably the best team in the world because they were best at playing that funnel strategy. And Perks played multiple ADCs uh, during that time period. So in terms of like on stage competitive experience, yeah, it's different because you're not playing the 2v2 matchups and so the lane phase will be different. But ultimately, we know that Perks can uh, mechanically perform on those champions. If you check him out in solo queue, he's destroying everyone. So in terms of of doubts or or starting points, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Guys, seems to be like a pretty good ADC. I I agree. I think uh, Perks as AD... I think after this year, makes a lot more sense 
just because of funnel, as you mentioned, and at the same time, uh, everyone was playing casters in bottom. And um, for example, we were experimenting with uh, Jizuke playing bot lane sometimes, and he was destroying any AD that you can mention playing some AP carries down in bottom. Played some uh, Lucian mid or whatever with uh, Attila. And um, I think this is a huge strength. I think um, skills from mid lane transfer very well onto other roles because it's such a mechanically intense role. I think AD is also very mechanically intense and uh, I would not be worried at all uh, for perks if he plays in bottom. And I think uh, when it comes to G2 and their history of acquisition of players, usually it's uh, they get to the finals and then they pick apart the, <laughs> the enemy that they face. It happened with Sven and Mithy. Uh, Wunder as well, uh, faced him in the final, and uh, that's uh, the G2 way. They just uh, picked apart Fnatic in a way, took Caps away, but I think, uh, speaking of Fnatic, I think they'll be fine. But yep. Perks is AD, I think will be also pretty good. I like the G2 as like the ELO vampire of the LCS. They're just like, all right, that one, that's a part of us now. Like, you're you're <laughs> here with us. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to your bot lane. Yeah, if you can't beat them, hire them. Like... <laughs> <laughs> respect a little different than the liquid theory if you can't beat them by them but still uh still respectable but what does this actually change for perks in terms of player mechanical obviously on point for perks the majors are good too but now he's playing in a duo lane there's obviously some nuance there is this like a we expect g2 to hit the ground running is g2 going to be like number one from the start or is this kind of like a we're going to have to see sort of roster change I mean, first and foremost i think we should say what the roster has been rumored or theorized to be yep. um which is Wonder, Yankos, Caps, Perks, and Mickey X. This is a combination of either rumors from Jacob Wolf, yes. uh, things that we've seen on Reddit, or contracts that are held in the contract database. Which is, of course, public info. Yep, and um, like the star-studded talent, pound for pound in roster, is absolutely insane in that lineup. If this is extended lane phase, if the meta stays how it is, I see this GT esports, unless they just completely run into each other and combust because there's, I don't know, conflicting personalities, but the only two pieces you're introducing are Caps and uh, Mickey, they sprint off the, the starting line. I, th I agree. I think uh, mechanically, individually, uh, amazing roster. I think um, Mickey, Wanda, uh, uh, great players. I work with them. I think their interest with the game is uh, amazing. It's always great to work with players that really love the game. And I think um, that's the idea for this entire roster. I think Jankos as well. Um, I think uh, it depends highly on what kind of form he's going to come in because he played uh, the funnel thing and I think uh, he dipped uh, pretty hard and redeemed himself at the World Championship, I would say. I think if Jankos comes in with top form and uh, all the other two uh, do too, I think this can be an amazing roster. But of course, you have to ask yourself, will it work together? Will they have internal issues? Who will be the coach? Who's going to run? Uh, uh, who's who's going to run the ship pretty much? I think those are all questions that can be asked. But on paper, uh, amazing roster for sure. Paper perfect. Do you put faith in it? Do you expect it to hit the ground running? Or is this one of those things that... Because obviously we can see the, the top end of the potential. But once again, is this something that like starts off strong? Or is this something that's going to take time? That's going to have to build up? Or we're going to have to see how they play together? I think it will. I would be worried if it doesn't, because if it doesn't, I think uh, it won't recover. I think if it doesn't, Why? there will be changes. Because hmm. it's hard to, I would have to think about how I would so phrase myself. My, my concern, for instance, is like, if you start on a losing team in this new situation, right? There's like one situation where like everyone's like, oh, you know, new team, new lineup, that's fine. But I feel like when you've got a guy who was an all-star mid laner who swaps to AD carry. And this is theoretical, right? I don't know how Perks... Backseat mid laning? And yeah, backseat mid laning, <laughs> right? Because, like, let's say... That's not how that matchup goes, Caps. Let's say Perks starts bombing as an AD carry, right? When, once again, this is, guys, none of this is confirmed. We're still waiting on a lot of it. We know Perks is on the lineup. He could be playing mid. Yarn and Wadi could still be here. We really we really don't 100% know. Uh, but assuming that it is the lineup as it is rumored, uh, then, like, yeah, what if we have that backseat mid laner? What if Yankos is like, oh, my God, why is Perks playing AD carry? He's, like, running it down every game, right? It feels like when you're making this big of a swap and this dramatic of a situation, if it then immediately fails right out the gate, like, that that does not feel good. Now, maybe these guys are, like, way above that, right? And they know what it is, but you never know. I feel like you never know until you actually see it happen. I also feel like the safety net in terms of if there is a, an immediate failure, like the synergy is just not taking off or people take a, a bit of growing pains to their role. Ultimately, if you look around the rest of the league, outside of Vitality and Fnatic, in terms of like the 
uh, either solidified rosters or like the rumored rosters, everyone is making huge, massive sweeping changes. A lot of pieces got shuffled around. A lot of people are finding new homes. And so you kind of expect that spring is going to be a slow start for ultimately everyone, except for really vitality. You guys, what, it was one player that was replaced so far? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, elaborate my point about G because I got to think about it a bit more. I think the expectations are so high for every single player on this team. That's the impression I'm getting. I don't know. Uh, I'm not inside their head, right? I think when you create a roster like this, the expectations are going to be so freaking high that if something goes wrong, uh, I think, um, which I won't think uh, would happen, but if it does, I think uh, this is the type of team where changes will happen fast. And um, I think... Uh, this is just a, like a crazy prediction, but I think the expectations are very, very high, reasonably so, because it's a very, very stacked roster. And to your other point, I quite don't remember what you said. Sorry for screwing. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> we'll jump to that in a second because we wanted to talk a little bit about vitality as a roster and kind of the strength of, of changing out members. But before we get into that, I do want to transition over because Fnatic are the other people in the, involved in this roster room that I think is really importantly like Caps, they're all-star mid laner, part of the two big carries that we identified for this team, at least throughout the summer regular season, um, you know, with, per, with Caps and Reckless. Caps is now gone. We now have rumors that Nemesis is now coming in. Is Soaz is also gone, moved over to Misfits, that's official. I'm, I'm a little concerned for Fnatic. Like, what are, what are initial thoughts? One, I know nothing about this Nemesis guy. I'm going to be honest. Really? I know very little about Nemesis really? player. Yeah, I, oh. believe it or not, this guy coming out of nowhere. For me, at least. Do you know anything about Nemesis? Yeah. Okay. I, I, Can you, I know him. Ins- let, let's say I'm a Fnatic fan and I'm sitting here and I'm scared. Could you, like, instill some faith? Like, how would you, like, if you had to sell Nemesis to a team, how yeah. would you describe this player? I, I, don't, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't work for Fnatic. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> and obviously, it's a, it's a downgrade. <laughs> but yeah. I think if you want to do some selling, then go ahead, Pascal. Uh, so, Nemesis <laughs> coming from uh, Mad Lions, played over in the Spanish League. Uh, ultimately, kind of the key selling point, or what the theory, uh, when I was investigating him and kind of talking to a couple of people who are more involved and entrenched in the Spanish League, is that... Um, with his former jungler, Nemesis was kind of the mid-jungle terror duo of the uh, of that of the LVP. Yep. Yeah, of that league, he plays very well around jungle information. And so, right now, the leading theory is that if you pair him up with a guy like Broxa, who has so much experience, so much leadership at this point, that it, it should actually just make him really shine. He's not going to have the same playmaking or ceiling like someone like Caps is. He's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and just like throw down the gauntlet. He makes much more calculated plays. But again, if you're looking at an old school fanatic roster of, okay, it's no longer about Reckless and Caps. Now it's about Reckless and Whiplo. And these two kind of being the big carries and then a very stable pivot point who's going to move with Broxa. Maybe you're unleashing more of a carry-oriented Broxa as opposed to a Sejuani-only oriented Broxa. Like something closer to what we saw at the World Championship versus what we saw for majority of Broxa's career when he was put on, um, you know, lane protection duty. I think that's kind of the evolution that Fnatic should theoretically uh, make with Nemesis. But for all I know, maybe he throws that aside. Maybe Fnatic sees something in him like baby caps and he just goes off. Um, but from what I've seen, I watched about four of his games today. I'm like, okay, I can see it. He's a steady player. He's mechanically solid. Um, he does play around his jungler a lot. He likes to move with his jungle. And if he has a very vocal, very experienced jungler, I see him being um, not the the star or like the next yeah. torch. But if you have someone like Pwipo who has so much raw talent, I think you just shift the, the power points on Fnatic to top and bot. And that's like a lot of that's a lot of information to digest, right? I think you said a lot there about like you gave us the full run out of Fnatic as a team. But one of the things I want to talk about is with a new guy on the lineup, is is are Bwipo and Reckless the kind of guys that you can rely on to carry? Because like Bwipo had a lot of inconsistencies. He had his good performances. He has bad Reckless. While he did step up towards the end of the split, and particularly in the summer finals, like there was a lot of games where this guy was just kind of chilling when he first made his return to the LCS where he was just on Ezreal duty and the rest of the team was like ignoring him playing around other lanes uh is this a strong form for Fnatic putting this pressure on Whippa putting this pressure on Reckless as you move forward I think um when I look at the changes that Fnatic has to go through I think they still have a great roster I think if I look at which player is the biggest loss I feel like Soaz is the biggest bigger loss in comparison to Caps I think Caps is fantastic I think um uh, mid lane as a role is something that we have like we have a lot of mid laners over in Europe so this is something that you can always fill but I think Soaz as a player um, I think what he brings to the table uh, in terms of improvement for everyone else 
I think that's something that uh, I value really, really highly. Uh, so as has so much experience, his understanding of the game. I think whenever there was a team that had Soas, it was always a very creative team. It was Origin, it was Fnatic, it was uh, back in the day AAA with Linak and they were doing crazy stuff already back then. And I think um, uh, the impact a player has on everyone else, I think Soas has a massive impact. And I think um, in terms of replacing caps, I think Nemesis can grow to become such a player. But I just feel like when you look at the history of mid laners that Fnatic has had, uh, it was always, um, um, you know, Fabiven, XPK, uh, they were surrounded by great players. I think once again, Nemesis is surrounded by great players. Uh, I think uh, they'll be fine. But mm. if I think in terms of losses, I think Soaz is a, is a big loss. It's really interesting. Um, I know, Daniel, were you present for Vettius and I's throwdown over Bwipo versus Soaz? Okay, but which one? You guys, this is like your number one favorite topic to fight about ever since Worlds. Even before Worlds, you guys fought about this. Yeah, so this is my favorite thing. I love to wind up Andy. He just like loses his mind. But my favorite thing to poke at him is the Whippo versus Soaz. I'm actually personally on the camp where I think um, it sounds weird. Because I say one person is better than the other does not automatically make the other person shit. Just want to clarify that one. I, <laughs> I actually feel that Whippo is better for Fnatic than Soaz. Okay. And I felt that it was... The nature of the meta, it felt like Fnatic uh, put that trust and made that recognition in Whippo. You know, the fact that he started in the finals, that he was really utilized because he was grabbing hold of these champion pools. So I still looked incredible at the World Championship. His Scion game alone where he saved that Baron was masterful. Um, but I can understand, at least from kind of what I'm seeing competitively, why they would... Uh, or at least why they would value Bwipo to start him when they had both of them, and kind of now why maybe they'll put all of the eggs in the Bwipo basket, because I feel like we don't really know where his skill ceiling is. And so my question to you is, I have faith in Bwipo from what I've seen at the World Championship, a rookie who was able to achieve so much, that if you give him the same amount of experience that Soas has, like, he's going to be better. That's okay. just how I feel about Bwipo. Now, I could be very wrong. Maybe Soas has, like, a complete breath of fresh air on Misfits. Maybe he makes that team into geniuses i mean you look at him next to uh max lore and gorilla that's like 3000 iq team they should be just <laughs> macro gods between the experience and the leadership and like the king zone uh mind but in terms of of raw ability like i would always back whippo and i just think he he needs time to be forged into a legend like so as you know, it's um, everything that I've said about Fnatic is all speculation. I just want to make sure that uh, the viewers back home know that. I think, you know, when I look at Fnatic, uh, the, the big question mark is, for me, always, Soaz, with his experience, how much of an impact did he have on the team as a whole? Uh, I think always when you work with players that know a lot, they like to share their opinions, they like to improve everyone in the team. And I think... The big question mark is how good is Bwipu going to be without Soaz as a support? How good is the entire team going to be without Soaz as a support? And I think uh, for me that's uh, the biggest loss. And once again it's all speculation because I don't know how Fnatic works uh, on the inside. And I think um, Soaz is a player very smart about the game and I'm certain that he contributes a lot in terms of improvement as a team. And that's what's kind of sad because you compare Bwipo uh, with Soaz and how they perform on stage, but there's so much more to that. And uh, I think uh, when you look at, for example, the IG series, I think Bwipo got annihilated. And I think, uh, you know, looking at Soaz's performance, I think his game was quite good. Uh, he had an opportunity to solo kill uh, the Shy even uh, if he eat uh, into um, ulted, uh, ult right away. But, um, you know, I think Soaz individually is still uh, insanely good. So I think uh, if I look at the value they have overall for a team, I would value Soaz higher. But if you put them in a 1v1 tournament, Soaz is good at that as well, uh, then you can maybe value them differently. But I would go for the Soaz camp. And now we have to see where that, that leadership you're talking about, that kind of experience comes from on the team. Brox is, of course, a veteran that we can look at. Uh, Reckless is a veteran, although not often touted as kind of like the teaching voice on a team, I think. And... Hillisang's a madman, so we'll, I, I mean, I don't know, right? I've never worked with Hillisang, but I know the man likes to pull off crazy stuff, so we'll see what happens. Before we move on from this topic, um, I actually think uh, Reckless and Hilly might be exposed a little bit. And it's hard to, or it's harsh to say this, but um, again, my lens and my experience is coming from looking up at bot lanes in the LPL, um, the Jackie Loves, the I Boys, the Uzis. Uh, 
undoubtedly, Reckless is very consistent in team fights. Hilly is a playmaker. I like his playmaking much more around mid than I do around the bot lane. I think, the, like, at the world group stage, Hilly took some really strange trades that just, like, ended the 2v2 before it even began. And if it's I was... the flip coins. He takes risks. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, but for the longest time, Reckless and Hilly have never really been challenged. You know, since Sven and Mithy left and they kind of had their heydays, uh, now there's kind of, like, this shift, especially around the bot lane, and you have much more competitive, I think, across the board bot lanes. Um, the experience that uh, Attila and, and Jack Troll are now going to have, the fact that you have a possibility of perks and Mickey, and let's say that that just like pops off, um, the possibility of Upset and Ignar, Hansama and Gorilla. I liked the name Gohan for that duo. Hopefully that one sticks. But, you know, suddenly Reckless and Hilly aren't just going to make the rest of the bot lanes like the punching bag because their skill level is so high. And I actually think this is where... If you were going to have concerns for Fnatic, it's not just in the mid lane. It's not just in kind of the volatility of like, how is Bwipo going to stabilize without that uh, teaching voice that Yamato was talking about with Soaz. But will Reckless and Hilly just get kind of like a free ride to play out bot lane and then just be team fighting gods that they normally are? And I don't think so this time around. Yeah, I, I think bot lane is quite stacked. Uh, but I think if I would summarize the question mark about Fnatic is... You know, the question was always, oh, Caps is so amazing in mid lane, but Hillisang and Broxa are playing around them so well. Are they so smart about the game? Or is Caps directing this entire ordeal that's happening around mid lane? And I think uh, those questions are going to be answered very fast. I don't know what kind of play Nemesis is in a team setting, but I think if Fnatic can find leadership within their team, then I think they'll be fine. If not, then I think they will look worse uh, than uh, the previous year. Yeah, and once again, uh, Nemesis, a lot of this stuff is rumors, uh, Intel confirmed, and I actually I sat down with one of the person from our our league team today, and he reminded me to inform everyone that a lot of these things are still pending behavior checks, so remember that if you're toxic, might not end up in the LEC, although very rare, to be fair, he did also mention, very rare, most players get in, but on the off chance, you guys are like, Nemesis, this you is the limit. one, but he, you know went off on a terrible tangent in solo queue. Maybe not. We'll find out. We'll see who actually gets locked in these respective <laughs> teams. Um, the last piece of the G2 Fanatic puzzle, the missing members, Hyarnan and Wadid. Now, a lot of mixed opinions about this bot lane over the course of the year. They're the best bot lane in the West until the next Rift Rivals. It's an official title. We're going to honor it. They also took down uh, Uzi and Ming, so... They took down, ooh, they did take down Uzi and Ming. That's, yeah. I think we'll use that uh, definition lightly. I think it was a takedown. <laughs> that soundbite will be cut out and yeah, that, spread out, spread in that, China. That, <laughs> Frost Grant has staked all our analytical credibility on that that single moment. Uzi and Ming absolutely does it, blasted. Does it matter what happened in the game when you win? Doesn't matter. Ne Got there in the end. Next is exploded. Next. All right. What? Wait. Okay, so we have rumors for Wadid going to Rogue, nothing confirmed yet. Um, the only confirmed player for Rogue, which happened earlier today, we're shooting this on Wednesday, is Kikis. Still waiting on Wadid confirmation. Hyarnagon, I felt like this bot lane was was pretty good, right? It definitely wasn't the best by any means, but it was definitely serviceable. They didn't get a whole lot of attention a lot of times, but they what felt solid. What do you mean is serviceable? Now, I'm going to push back now. So I wasn't, I wasn't a big believer in, in Hyarnan on hyper carries, but Hyarnan on utility I really liked, and I thought when G2 utilized them well, which was Wadid on either a playmaker or Tom Kench. Okay, I understand, but I'm not debating playstyle. I'm debating yeah. like where in the spectrum. If everyone is the good, spectrum. If everyone is good, no one can be good. Yeah. And yeah. so where Hyarnan and Wadid, uh, maybe you're saying are serviceable bot lane for the LEC or back then the EU LCS. Um, but on the international level, yes, G2 did take down RNG. But if you look at that tape, Hyarnan and, and what did? I'm sorry. What, didn't you just tell our audience that they were they obliterated Uzi and Ming? Were well, those your exact you words? You know what I'm saying. Or you know the question black. that I'm trying to ask or to <laughs> yeah, okay, is so, that where is serviceable? Are you saying yeah, that yeah. that is a world-class international top-end bot lane? Because then I think... It's a hard so, no. I would say that they were plagued with inconsistency for certain. I think they had some fantastic games and they had uh, some abysmal games. I'd say it all rounds out to, I would say, middle of the pack. But even then, middle of the pack, I think, like, for me, would have been good enough to get them in on one of these 10 teams. Now, I've heard nothing. Of course, we've heard nothing from SK at all, nothing from Excel. I don't have rumors about either of these teams. Maybe Hyarnan ends up there, but Hyarnan and Wadid splitting up is a little bit surprising to me. Uh, and I feel, I feel like these guys could have gotten a spot on a team and I'm and I'm wondering why we haven't heard anything about them and if they don't show up is it is it fair I think uh, Yana and what did um, 
I think they were a victim of uh, perception. If we don't talk about the skill level, I think the way they were spoken of by the community and by uh, the broadcast team and about uh, from anyone in general, I think they were spoken uh, about way lower than they deserve to be. And I think uh, regardless, like when you're in a team uh, with players that are spoken bad of, it affects you subconsciously whether you like it or not. And I think uh, I remember the finals back in spring, it was a clear overperformance, not overperformance, but... Uh, um, reckless completely outperformed Yanan, and yeah. that was like reckless. And Spring was uh, was absolutely crazy. He was styling on everybody back then, and uh, I think this is something that affects uh, the workings of a team. I think G two was very lucky in the sense that uh, a lot of meta changes favored Yanan and what did, but I think also they got a pretty bad break because of uh, how the timeline went for them and. Uh, you know, they just came from a final where the enemy bot lane destroyed them. And that's going to be in the back of your mind coming into the next split. Oh, uh, my bot lane is not good enough to perform against the best ones. What will we do when we face them mm -hmm. again in the finals or whatever will happen? And I think this is something that can affect the team. This, once again, is all speculation. But to speak about the skill level of Jan and Wadid, I think um, they're smart about the game. They had an edge when Heimerdinger was around. It's still around for them, right? I think Wadid improved a lot. I think this year he proved, improved immensely, and I think uh, they're decent. I, I, I don't think uh, uh, this combination together would uh, compete against the best uh, that the league has to offer now, what is rumored to be offered. Uh, so I think, yeah, middle of the pack, uh, I would say something like that. I will say this, this uh, idea that you're bringing up in that, not that Hyanin and Wadid knew that they wouldn't be able to compete against the best in the world, but it felt like G2, Hyanin, and Wadid knew exactly what to do when they were faced with that type of mountain. You know, there was never going to be a situation where you watch G2 games, especially in the most recent at Worlds, where they would try to sink into the bottom lane and try to play around bot lane. They just kind of, you know, they prioritized things like the Tom Kench. They knew that they needed to play defensive. And I will say that um, in terms of players understanding exactly what the responsibility was for their composition to the champions that they were playing, that they did above and beyond what you could ask of them. They were never going to be the duo lane that, you know, the Jackie Loves and the Uzis and the I-Boys that were going to get the priority in the draft phase, that were going to get the priority in the jungle proximity, and that you're just going to run everything through them. It was, okay, guys, survive, play defensive, have the utility picks like the uh, like the Jin, maybe go for like a Heimer or something like that if you really want to blast someone bot lane, but otherwise sit back, do your job in team fights, and we'll see you in, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, for, for me, I think the biggest issue that I had with G2 didn't necessarily stem from Hyorna Wadi, but more how they were drafted for. Because you're right, there's those Jin games, there's those Heimer games where they look fine. But there's also plenty of games where, like, Hyorna was on Kaisa, and they played Kaisa Tom Kench and gave up all priority, or Kaisa whatever and gave up all priority. And uh, I think that was the other issue. Like, there were times where G2 set him up to be their hyper carry when like you look at that roster and he should I, never be set up as the hyper carry. I disagree though. Like I understand what you're saying because when you see a Kaisa, you automatically think that the team is then prioritizing you're going to be the hyper carry, we're gonna put all the resources into you. But I actually think that when G two did it, they still understood from a perspective that it's either a denial pick or we're going to sack the bot lane, we're going to lose it anyway. Let's pick a pick that will you know, spike when we need it to for our composition or come online for the team fights. I still think that even when you see those picks, like if you see Kaisa given to Jakulov, you know that everything's going to go to him. But I think when you see Kaisa go to Hyarnin, it's still not everything's going to go to him. It's this is our late game insurance. You know how like the mentality changes? And again, if I can speak highly or uh, uh, be complimentary of Hyarnin and Wadid, and again, not saying that they're shit, please don't take this out of context. They are... I think you are correct. A serviceable bot lane in the LEC, but they understood the responsibility. And I think G2 understand when they fit into like the scheme of things. And so I wouldn't look at their Kaisa game and be like, oh, they've lost it because they're going to try to carry through Hyarnin. I think, no, no, no. They understood that he was the secondary carry as a marksman. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I highly disagree with the philosophy, but I see what you're saying. I uh, think uh, something that I would like to add is... Um, a team's mindset always when you come into like a playoff setting or mm. a world champion setting, uh, you always, um, world championship setting, you always uh, look at what you're good at and look what you're bad at and you try to come up with band-aid solutions. In an ideal case, you're going to be able to play anything. I think IG, 
even though the bot lane didn't get much attention, if it was a bot-centric meta, I think they could execute on it because I have a lot of respect for IG's bot lane. I think uh, watching them throughout the season and playing against them, screaming against them, they were absolutely nuts if they needed to be. And I think they showed up big time in the finals. Uh, I think uh, uh, when it comes to a team like G2, I think they committed fairly hard on the fact that, uh, you know, after spring, I think they committed very hard on the idea that, uh, uh, you know, playing through bot lane is not something that we're going to do. Uh, There's going to be a band-aid solution for the rest of the season. And whenever G2 had success, they played through mid and top. And this is the case uh, and the process that a lot of teams, teams go through. For example, Splice, they had a hard time uh, getting lane dominant wins they weren't dominating wins like lanes ever so they just went for this late game kind of thing this was their band-aid solution and ideally when you come into a season what you want to do for example g2's roster or my roster is that you want to come in and you want to know for a fact that you don't need to have any band-aid solutions at all you have whatever the meta throws at you you're ready for anything and i think uh, that's why i completely agree with g2's changes because i think they had to do band-aid solutions with yana and what did and i think that's what uh, keeps you in the middle of the pack when you're not diverse enough. Whatever the case, uh, Hyun and Wadid, we'll see if Wadid ends up on row. We'll see if they end up together, maybe on XL, SK. We'll see which of the rumors becomes true. But I think that's a good opportunity to now start, start talking about vitality. You talk about shoring up any weaknesses. Um, you've made one change. That's Mowgli coming in. That's confirmed right before the podcast. Yes. Actually, just like right on time. Thank you, Vitality, <laughs> and you for confirming it so we can just talk about it openly. Yeah. Why Mowgli? Like, why, talk to me about what this guy brings to the table. Why him uh, over another player? What is he going to improve so that there's no Band-Aid solutions for Vitality? How's his English? Ooh, good first question. Well, it's uh, improving. We are um, going through a lot of measures to make sure that he's uh, ready. I like the idea of having... Uh, I, I don't like bringing uh, this idea of bringing a Korean duo over. I think uh, that's what kind of creates kind of a... A like, silo, yeah. Uh, it creates like groups within a team and you don't want that. I think, you know, back when I was in Meet Your Makers, I worked with Horo from SKT and uh, he was alone and he was very eager to learn English. And I, th I get the same feeling from Mowgli. We have uh, conversations on a regular basis, talk about the game, and uh, he's learning learning pretty, pretty fast. We have uh, a lot of systems in place that I don't want to review. Uh, that, uh, it's uh, memes. You're teaching him memes. I'm teaching him memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fastest way to understand language. Just read this, style of one. <laughs> he can show you Korean memes. You can show him Western memes. It'll be great. Exactly, yes. So his English is pretty good. It's a good first step. So um, back to the original thing, which is, I think, what were the weaknesses that you perceived previously in Vitality, um, whether they, like, as a whole, and what, what is Mowgli now shored up, and how has he shored that up? I think, um, you know, we'll, 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 just to speak about Kikis, uh, Kikis, uh, without Kikis, we wouldn't go to Worlds for sure. You know, he, he came in, we started winning, and we, you know, I just felt like uh, this uh, iteration that we, you know, practicing at Worlds, I felt like we reached uh, kind of a peak, I think uh, facing some of the other junglers, screaming against the best of the best junglers is a very delicate role. You make one mistake and it just affects the game way too much. And uh, jungle as a role is something that is super, super impactful and practicing a lot against Mowgli, seeing him play, uh, I saw something in him uh, that um, impressed me a lot. I think mechanically he's very talented, he's very vocal about what he wants to do in the game and I think uh, he can compete against the best of the best. And uh, for for the case of Vitality, you know, we uh, did well in groups, but obviously we're not satisfied. We didn't get through groups. We want to do more. We want to get to quarters, to semis. And uh, this was the move to make for us uh, to continue onwards. I kept uh, the remainder of the roster because I don't believe uh, that the rest of the players have peaked yet. And that's what's the most interesting for me as a coach. I want to see growth. And I see, look at this roster and I will assure you already now that there will be a lot of growth and uh, the potential is there to do uh, great things. So there's this thing about um, uh, potential, but kind of the, the point that I was bringing up before is that if you look at all of the moves, the team who has made the least amount of moves is actually Vitality uh, because it's just one position that changes out. And so instead of using words like growth and potential, are you willing to just say that 
for synergy purposes, day one spring split, because you expect there to be massive growing pains with all of these brand new rosters as they're trying to figure out like the communication systems, uh, the patch, the new coaching that you guys are just going to take off because you already have this built in system or is the jungle that delicate of a role that you guys will be basically on ground zero with everyone else? Um, I, I think it's it's fair to say, sure, we're, we're keeping uh, a core. I think that makes my job easier more than anything because I know what to expect uh, coming into the next season from, from four players pretty much. I know uh, what they need to work on, I need, know what their strengths are and that gives me a lot of energy uh, and time to put into Mowgli to fit him in there. I think that's a massive strength uh, from my side. But in terms of synergy and how they work together, I think all it takes is one person to change how a dynamic works completely. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, uh, let's say you're, you're in class, all of a sudden there's this new guy coming in, he's super hip, and all of a sudden he's uh, the king of this jungle that we call a classroom, and it just changes the dynamic uh, completely. I think it's the same case here for Mowgli, because our communication is going to change, the way you play is going to change, he has his ideas, his background, uh, and it's going to affect all of us in a way. And I think um, in terms of coming into the next season, it makes my life a lot easier because... Working with a player for a year, it's almost as if you establish kind of a working engine. You have an engine that uh, pushes you forward. I have a relationship with all of these players and uh, we know how it functions. We have this uh, repertoire, whatever it's called, you know. And uh, I think um, uh, in terms of putting energy into one person, Mowgli's going to be uh, the new guy coming in. Uh, I'm happy to know that I get to keep four of my players because I know I can put energy into it. I love analogies. I'm going to steal your hosting role. Oh, my God. I, if you had to make Vitality a just car. Just to be clear, we've already had a classroom and an engine. So just, just to be clear, you're, just, you're, you're already coming into We're deep in analogy territory. We're like two away from That's an LS Thorne episode of the podcast for analogy. And this That's is about all I'm saying. And the card is, <laughs> no. Um, so you, because you said engine, and so it reminded me of it. If you had to assign each Vitality member, including yourself, as like parts of a car, mm-hmm. like... Um, I would say that at this point, you're almost the driver because you're also one of the most consistent backbones to this roster. Okay. And I like I was reading you guys' AMA today and they were giving you a lot of praise. I'm like, oh, yeah, this Yamato guy must know what he's doing. So, I mean, where would you put it? Like, who is the engine? Who is the uh, the car? Like, what's... Do you know what I'm trying to ask? The problem is I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> <laughs> you just exposed this man on a podcast. I said engine because for... Yeah, I'm thinking trains and planes and... For an example, <laughs> RNG. Okay. Uzi would be the driver. Everyone else is a Just, wheel. This is like... Okay. <laughs> you somehow managed to like sneak RNG commentary into this podcast like at least like six times in the last it's two episodes. It's coming in. It's fine. I hope I'm not the driver. I don't have a driver's license. That would be... Okay, he's not driving the car. <laughs> Me neither. That's called being a good adult, folks, for you kids at home. Good not role models. Aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> who is the leader in the team? Who is the, uh, who's your, I mean, you don't have to announce who your shot caller is, but just kind of okay. like, because you, you constantly talk about why I really enjoy conversations with you is that you do talk about kind of that, um, that intangible that not a lot of the audience get to see, the dynamic of personalities, of uh, work ethic, of work mm. systems that are so important to League of Legends. Because for majority, the audience is just going to see, oh, that, Oh, I almost said something bad. That guy flashed into a wall. What an idiot. He's bad at the game. They don't hear like all of the different communication patterns that are happening and are able to pinpoint what's breaking down. So if you had to give us some... (laughs) If you had to explain to us why the idiot flashed into the wall, (laughs) Yamato, what what insight would you give? (laughs) Too many examples. Yamato, who's the leader on your team? Okay, I I think it's... um... I ask it better. (laughs) (laughs) So many words. If if someone uh, would have the team captain role, yes, uh, there you go. it would be Kabushad. Mm. Uh, I believe in a system where uh, everyone has responsibilities and anyone who wants to speak will speak. I think uh, leadership is not something that is given. It's something that is natural and is taken. Whenever there's something that is that needs to be done in terms of communication, I throw it in the air and I push everyone. Eventually someone will grab it because I think uh, leadership comes naturally. I think uh, sometimes you can see uh, this presence within someone and you can push that person in that direction of leadership. For example, Kabashad, I worked with him now for one and a half years. And what I noticed right away in the first split was, this guy doesn't need help in top lane. He knows more about top lane than I do. I'm not going to tell him how to lane. 
I'm just going to push him in terms of leadership. I'm going to push him to improve others. And that is something that he has worked on immensely and something that uh, shows up big time. Because when you've played the game for such a long time, well, this doesn't apply to anyone, but Kaba has played the game for so such a long time and uh, he can easily see what needs to happen next. And that's something that is very undervalued for a lot of people because when you're in the midst of it, uh, there tends to be a lot of chaos. And if you have a voice of reason in chaos, that can solve everything almost. And Cabo Shard, uh, most of the time, is that. He's very calm about the game. You can see how he's sitting on stage. He's basically on vacation getting a tan. Like he's relaxing to the max. And um, that is a massive strength. And um, I think uh, in terms of leadership, uh, Cabo Shard has a lot of it. But the way I view leadership as a whole, once again, is... Uh, I throw it out there and uh, I push people to grab it. Nice. That's going to make a fantastic clip. So thank you. We'll get the nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yes. I'm good. I'm glad you mentioned that guy flashing into the wall. That was really, really on point. You really understood exactly point. what the question was supposed to be, Dracos. Yeah. You added like eight sentences that probably weren't important to the core question. Though. I liked it. I liked it. That's good. See, Yamato's supportive. That's. Yamato and I rode home on the bus a, together. Yeah. And we're best friends now. We go way yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, well, don't take him away. We should know, make right? a podcast. We should <laughs> make a podcast. <laughs> How does this always happen? <laughs> Anywho, um, there's a ton of roster rumors to go through, but we asked people for fan theories at home. Wild, crazy fan theories. And you guys delivered, many of you. Some of you just asked questions. Uh, sadly, we won't get to you this time, though. I appreciate that you guys participated and asked some things. So I want to jump into the first one. At uh, Megalodontis. What an excellent name. Said, so he said he has a few crazy fan theories, but I want to I go to my favorite one, which is the final one, which is he says that XL's roster will probably be top two in spring. It's coming home. Oh, no. Clearly British. Clearly British with the it's coming home. I, I feel like we have to just identify that bias right there. We, I know nothing about this XL lineup. Neither yeah. does he. Because <laughs> there's been nothing public as far as I know. Maybe this guy could work for Excel. Oh, Megalodontus. Oh. oh, He hangs around the Excel. Excel Megalodontus. <laughs> but I mean, the big, uh, the big fan theories that we're seeing on Reddit pop up in the comment section. I like to go cruising. By the way, new favorite thing to do is to watch G2 and Fnatic flares just fight over caps. It's so good. <laughs> in anyway. caps or over caps? Oh, both. both. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're now talking about like which UK player will be grabbed by Excel because it's a UK organization. I believe that the uh, owner's uh, LEC or, or Meet the Team video came out. Yep. Sounds like a very genuine guy. Kind of went the road of the nade shot when they did their um, announcement. You know, yep. very yep. much Talked like... Talked about it last week. Super eager dude. Super excited. Exactly. Excited to prove themselves. Um, and if they do grab big uh, UK brands, you know, that is someone like Kasing who seems to have disappeared. So... I mean, that's something possibly. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about big UK brands, and I see Maxlore has a team, and Alfari has, has a team. team, and I'm like, how many big UK brands are left? Really? I mean, let me let me get this is the new theoretical from Megalodontis' question: Who would need to show up on this team for it to be a top two team? There's no talent remaining? like really left for like a top. Two what if we give all of it four got import slots? Is that enough? Oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> I just. Like I know the rumors, and um, you know, you know the the UK fans. I guess uh, they believe in the Leicester story. You know, they won, they won the Premier League, and uh, they shouldn't have, but they did, and it was incredible, and they did uh, some amazing things. But that's not going to happen. Like, if it happens, is is I think some of these guys they just they just tweet out things that are really outrageous, and then. They can be the person that, if it happens in one in a million, I mean, I literally, I literally asked for hot takes, so I, I wanted <laughs> okay, the okay. most ridiculous fan theories. <laughs> okay, in their I think my bigger problem is is the idea that they're going to be top two and then it's coming home. Like, you don't get a prize for a second. <laughs> <laughs> It's all it takes. Which I understand the UK World Cup team understands that. <laughs> UK World advertise. Cup, lower your expectations. <laughs> it's our motto. Yeah. Not eh. not going to happen. I mean, top two first split is still pretty hype, though. I'd say good standards. Uh, the next one, Brandon at Lombax Pie. Your boy, Brandon. My boy, Brandon. Brandon, I just honestly just clipped his name, man. But we got you again. Uh, last time we had him. He uh, randomly grabbed. I was like, oh, it's Brandon. Brandon. I like this hot take because it's Yamato related. And it says, Perk swapped to ADC because he wanted to avoid facing the Italian stallion in the mid lane. Do you think there's some truth to that? Do you think Perks well, is scared? Well, little that you know, 
Mr. Jizuki is going to play bot lane against G2. <gasps> It's already planned. It's in the contract. It's been written in paper. The swip swap. You, you can't know? hit him with that, Yamato. <laughs> you know, because, you know, back in the old days, um, what's his name? Pepinero. Yeah. Had a clause in his contract that when they played against Fnatic and Reckless, he had to play bot lane. What? And he played Lucian against Reckless, and he had this clause in his contract. <laughs> I don't actually know if I'm being trolled. I, no, you're not being trolled. There's, there's, <laughs> footage, there's footage of him playing bot lane, his AD carrying playing Lulu mid. And it was a disaster. They lost, obviously. They would have lost regardless, probably. Oh, my God. But they did. That is one of those fantastic esports stories that just leaves you scratching your head. Why would you ever <laughs> let them? Giants. Jizuka, the, the yarning clause. Every time Heimerdinger's up, you have to pick it for me. It doesn't matter what matter situation. <laughs> Jizuke clause with Echo. But uh, Jizuke versus Perks, I think Jizuke, I think he's going to demolish anyone. Where would you rank him? I think he's going to be first place coming. You think no. he's first? So, yeah. You told us before the show that he's been in Korea. He's queuing up. I know he's into K-pop. He's probably listening to K-pop 24-7 while he, while he do a He's got some up. KDA on. He's going yeah. a little KDA. There you go. Yeah. Nice little shout One out One song on the repeat. Is this, is this like <laughs> Super Saiyan Jizuke we're waiting for? Because there was some inconsistency yes. there in some of his performances. Are we expecting like top level Jizuke performance coming back? Jizuke was Super Saiyan coming into the World Championship. I mean, that's true, man. I saw the Echo game. I saw the other Echo game, which wasn't so great. You know, my favorite was, thing is he would feed and then he would make an amazing play in the same game within the first 30, like within 30, like his death timer. And I was like, oh, this guy is on fire, burning everything down. Yeah, I think um, Jizuke will take uh, the EOLCS by storm in the mid lane. I think uh, this is definitely his year. I think um, he's going to overtake uh, Caps. The year of sure. the Stallion? Yes. I like it. The year of vitality. The year of vitality, not just that. Uh, so, Macker, at Macker underscore N-O-R, Macker. Not sure if that's how you pronounce that. Probably not. I apologize. Uh, has many things to say. One of them is Mowgli will join Vitality and end up styling on hashtag LEC. Mowgli confirmed. We'll wait for the styling. We're going to find that He's out. Profit. Prey will also join hashtag LEC in order to show Gorilla that he is still good. I now, saw the Reddit post. Yeah. I saw the Reddit post where he was like kind of talking about taking a break slash kind of talking about retiring, which could be the greatest bait and switch of all time because we just said it's going to take a lot for Excel to get to top two. Prey feels like a They can pray yeah, all they want, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think must, like after reading that post... Uh, about the translations, about what he said. It seems like he's taking a break. I, I think, you know, sometimes for a lot of players, if they can't find a team where they truly believe they can have success with, then maybe they don't see the point in it. it must I, I think Gorilla must feel bad. The, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm playing the mind like games already, you know. Planting a seed. <laughs> a little seed of doubt. <laughs> what are you going to do? Can you, t can you tough it out here in Europe? Next one, below average user at... Yeah, that's a tough one. Cub Q zero. It's always hard. Is it lead speak? Is it a zero? Cubs. Cubs. Wait, what? There's a Q. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's Referencing cub. to the coach. It's actually a dog. Game so. Game. It's a, it's a great picture of a dog. Shout out to you. Fantastic picture. Hot take. All caps. Colon. The rumored OG roster. Alfari. This is what this person claims the rumored OG roster is to be. Alfari called Nuke Duck Sheriff. Although made of fantastic party, will fail horribly <laughs> due to extremely passive and responsive playstyle. No worry there on typo. Uh, fantastic players, presumably. It's going to fail horribly due to extremely passive and responsive playstyle. So those four players, is that a recipe for success? Uh... I don't know. All I want to say is that I was searching forever to find the rumored origin jungler. I couldn't find cold anywhere. So if this guy's like a genius, I've seen it mentioned a couple of times in Reddit comments still. And I'm like, what is happening? Going through Jacob Wolf articles, like scrolling to the bottom. <laughs> it might happen. I, I guess the, the rumored support is also mythy uh, and um, rumored. Yeah, I want rumored. to double, double say that. Which yeah. that would... I mean, the, I actually agree with the analysis there, which is you need some sort of loud, commanding voice, a yeah. shot caller in that lineup to actually make it shine. For sure. I think um, it's so hard to judge because Nuktak, um, if like, he's in a position to, to do so in his own mind, then he can be a leader. But if he isn't, then he just doesn't talk at all. I don't know how he is now. I haven't worked with him for a year. Uh, so this is one of those teams that are hard to judge. I feel like it could, this is basically, 
When we came into last season, Schalke was the hyped-up roster. Then they fell flat. That could happen again mm. with a roster like this. What's interesting though is then you have the so they have the rumor for Origin. I don't know if they've con- I don't think Origin have confirmed anything to my understanding. Literally, the only thing that's confirmed for Origin is that Deficio <laughs> is their general manager. I think um, they like. I think they haven't announced players, but they have in the contract database. Yeah. They have Alfari, Nukeduck, and Sheriff. That is the yeah. only thing that's contract database confirmed for Origin. But they've no, made no official announcements. Um, and then the Jacob Wolf uh, speculation was is that the head coach from Schalke is now going to be the head coach for Origin. Yeah, um, I think that's a good good acquisition as well. I think Sheriff is great. I think uh, like he had a hard time at H2K, but who wouldn't? I think Sheriff is definitely an up-and-coming AD, so I think that's a good signing. I think I think this is a decent roster. I think, uh, obviously, you have to always ask yourself what are the potential pitfalls they can fall in, and uh, maybe it is uh, a lack of leadership or maybe something else. But I feel like this is... Uh, how I'm going to view this team is very similar to how I viewed the Schalke roster back in uh, the beginning of spring. So do you have... Is it kind of the same way that you're like, they could crash and burn, they could yeah. do really well? Just kind of yeah, in the air? pretty much. Fair to see. I think there's definitely like a, a high ceiling here in theory, but there's also a very, very low floor in the sense that like this could just turn into a fire, very much a dumpster fire in a moment. All it would take was, you know, a lack of leadership. And I feel like we could just see, when was it, end of 2016 Vitality, where uh, it was just like slow, slow grinding losses. There was that Misfits Vitality game where it was like 28 minutes where there was first blood. 2016? Was that 26? No, it was 27. It must have been 2017. 2017. Yeah, the 20. one I was in? It was the one you were in right yeah, at the end. That was, that was a split for me to assess who belongs in Vitality and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting any blame on yeah. you. I'm just saying I think we could see a very similar team situation where it's just this like horrendously passive yeah, team. Yeah, it yeah. just very slowly loses. Because the, the league is very, like best of ones are delicate. Like yeah. two weeks you lose and all of a sudden you're like, what am I doing here? It's just a waste of time. You fall in that mindset and you're just gone, you know? It's dangerous. It's, um, it's very a dangerous practice playing league. Well, speaking of uh, pessimism, we've got more pessimists from the prediction. Uh, Lucas Prandstetter. I'm going to butcher literally everyone's name, and you guys are just going to have to get used to it, I promise. At famous Oi Spiced. Famous Oi Spiced. Uh, hot take. G2 will not make top four. Perks and Mickey X will be a bottom-tier bot lane. I don't feel like that's possible. Like, Mickey is insane, and Perks is a very good mechanical player. Is there any way this goes up in flames? I mean, they- I mean, maybe because all the other bot lanes are also pretty strong. Maybe they're bottom because everyone else is just that strong. I don't know. Maybe you got a lot of faith in Sheriff. I don't. I don't agree with the hot take. It's not. It doesn't. It say is, a good, it is a good hot take, though. I mean, I just don't. I, this one is like. It does say at Frost Current. <laughs> it does say at Frost Current. <laughs> yeah, Correction. <laughs> we're all mentioned in all of these. I don't know why you, you're tagged in the post. It's a Twitter works. <laughs> You've learned a lot about inst- social media today, by the way. This is very surprising. It's because me. social. You like double my followers on everything. You're like. How Check how many followers I've gained. I'm okay, like, to be fair, they sat down and they tried to teach me the analytics of Twitter, and then. Oh, to be fair, we didn't try to teach her the analytics. Like, here's the guide. We no. said, here's the button analytics. Yo, Vetti sits down next to me. He starts going through it. He's like, "What happened here, Frost?" And he goes through like all of these months where nothing happened on Twitter. I was like, Vetti, I was in fucking China. Like, there's no Twitter over there. <laughs> Let me teach you how Weibo works. <laughs> Yeah, I need that actually. I need Weibo. <laughs> oh, I can hook you up. Get the Weibo. Figure it out. I don't know how to. You're gonna make it happen. You think I have followers on Twitter? Where do you see my Weibo? All right. Oh. Do you know how that one works? Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> I love RNG. <laughs> Shit. Bam. That's all it takes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for the fan theories. There were more. There were even crazier. Some of them in their roster predictions have already been confirmed, and many of you copy pasted Jacob Wolf stuff, uh, which is fair. He's usually right. Very good predicting, uh, my friends, my viewers. We should have had like a what his percentage of of, of like correct announcements. So I far. feel like we can rely on him to track that, and we should get an end of season Jacob Wolf report on his percentage correct rate. You know, every organization is playing uh, find the snake, mm. you know. <laughs> whack a mole. <laughs> yes, and uh, in our case, like Mowgli got leaked, and 
happy to say the snake is outside of the company, you know, so that's that go. makes me happy because everything else was is pretty kept pretty tightly. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's always like you always the race because you know you see teams are ready to respond to it when like rumor, you know, like Pobelter has left Liquid, and then immediately within like five minutes, Liquid like all hands on deck, like this article's coming out probably three days ahead of time. Like, let's go make those announcements. It's it's also some of the teams cooperate mm. with the leakers Ooh. because it puts pressure on people in the right way. So this is something that happens as well. But this is. The dark side of organizing. Yeah, when I used to work House in, of uh, Cards or LEC yes. roster acquisitions. <laughs> Who knows? No, I was just going to say when I used to uh, work as a coach, it happened all the time um, that teams would leak their own shit basically to apply pressure or to gain momentum or because it's also just good publicity. Yep. Like um, the leak and then the official announcement you get like two for one special buy one get one free you got your espn article you got your shock collar article you have your official announcement your youtube video you're eating up the whole god front page reddit you're going off right now you're you're into this roster announcement thing. I, I did the same ones in a very very uh, in a distant past mm. i did um, i think i can say it because it was such a long time ago and i would never do it again <laughs> I was, are you um, sure uh, so you can back out so your friend, what did your friend do? <laughs> so, so basically my Mono. friend, he, uh, he was uh, stuck in a bad place. Oh, yeah. And uh, he wanted to tell people that he's looking to switch places, but he couldn't. Oh. So it got leaked. Oh. Smart friend. Smart friend. Smart yeah. friend. Yeah. So this suddenly was like early days of League of Legends. Friend looking for a new team or friend unhappy with current situation, yeah. willing to be uh, picked up. <laughs> Yes, you know what I'm saying <laughs> clever, clever. S- sources say it was, sources like, sources say those my, my friend sources. was on Meet Your Makers, so it's <laughs> it's understandable, you know. To be fair, Meet Your Makers had the ugliest logo that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, didn't like the blue demon. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little like. Yeah, it was a little hot topic for me, you know what I mean? It was just like a little bit like... Ooh. Little Spencers? Yeah, a little, little Spencers for my taste. <laughs> Do they have any you? I know they have hot topic with it. Whatever, a little too, a little too like high school punk for me. Uh, okay, so meet your makers. House jokes aside, uh, a few more questions at the end here. I think everyone wants to know from what we've seen so far. Strongest in the LEC, which team is going to do the best right out the gate? Who do you think is going to hit the ground running? Uh, I think personally, uh, Vitality and Misfits. I am for err on the side of Misfits. I know that everyone's looking at like the G2 super roster that's being rumored. Mm-hmm. Uh, Misfits is actually announced and secured and locked in, so we 100% know that it's going to be that. And I think Misfits is the 3000 IQ team. That is the experience of Soaz, the leadership of Maxlore, and then the uh, mind of Gorilla. You just have Hansama and Febivin. It really doesn't matter what type of form you're going to get them. Maybe you get them at their highest highs, which are incredible. They just dance dance i just i mean i don't know a lot about what the teams how the team's going to come in in terms of like individual players but i know historically misfits is just super good at prepping for whatever the meta is and while they haven't always responded well to changes in the meta usually like spring split coming in they almost always hit the ground running you remember hansama playing draven when no one else was uh you know he was like they were 100 percent ready for hansama to play 80 carries in a mage meta and they really made it work for for a while there and obviously it didn't in the end you were like please make this man play mages and then he did play mages and it wasn't great but uh you know really in those first few weeks they were a strong contender i think um if anything uh in summer and also in spring this was a rough year for misfits Hmm. so even though i can praise their prep i think also uh some of the weaknesses of misfits showed in terms of like the mindset of the team like they were winning Senkooks was playing completely different champions. They started losing, and it, the mindset just shifted completely into he something was back else. On, like, it was like, it doesn't work against Caps. We just have to do something else. It was full-on Band-Aid solution. So I think that was kind of a kind of a, a, a poor way of handling it, which is always easy to say in hindsight. I don't know what happened inside the Misfits. Yeah. Obviously, I, I know for for a fact that everyone that works in Misfits uh, uh, are very talented, and they know what they're doing. So I'm not uh, saying this to nag at them at all. But any type of weaknesses they showed during last year uh, with their acquisitions that they have here, with the experience that they have uh, with Gorilla and Soaz, these problems are never going to happen. These players don't allow a team to ship and go in the wrong direction. Uh, and I think that's a massive strength. You have players that know that when when these players are on a team, it's a top team. They have... 
this attitude about the game and uh, the idea of how to be good at the game. And I think uh, that's uh, you know what happened in uh, last year. Misfits is just not going to happen with this type of roster. I think it's good to hear for any Misfits fans. And uh, you know, I like setting up the vitality. You know, least roster changes feels like very much set up to hit the ground running. Really strong coach. Strong coach. Some would call him the LEC's Frank Sinatra. <laughs> not sure who those people are, but they're very wise. Um, Thank you. Last or the other thing I want to ask is if we've got these two strong front runners, who which frost move do you think is actually going to backfire the hardest? Like, is there anything here that's set up where you could just see it, you know, blowing back, falling apart? Is there anything that that has that kind of uh, potential? Of course, I mean, based on rumors that we've seen so far, people will kind of gravitate again towards like Fnatic was probably what most of the community is going to talk about. Um, but for me, it's actually either looking at at Shulka or Rogue. Um, which it's hard to say, like, why would they backfire? Because it's basically, like, completely different rosters that are put together. Um, I want to hone in a little bit on Rogue because the Jacob Wolf article, again, nothing's been officially announced. Except is, for Kikis. Yeah, Kikis was announced. Is Prophet Kikis, Sinkux, um, uh, I can never say. EQ. I, yeah, thank you. HQ, Wadid, and then uh, Larson. And the idea is, is that Larson's going to finish school. I think he said this on social media. And then he's going to try to vie for the spot in summer as the starting mid laner. And a uh, word around the street is that Larson is the real deal. There's a lot of hype built up around him. I know Syncux, um, I love Syncux. Used to work with him on Diggy U. I know you got to work with him when Diggy U promoted into the LCS. Uh, I always had really high hopes for him, but it's just been a really rocky, very inconsistent yeah. time. Um, and he either you know, excels and he's that Syncux that I always knew he could be or he just falls apart. Maybe it's confidence issues, you know, it doesn't work against Caps or going for the Malzahar. But I think that having someone immediately behind him is either going to make or break Syncux. It's either going to completely destroy him knowing that there's this hot, you know, new guy coming in behind him or maybe he finds that fire again and he starts popping off just like he did in the Challenger series, you know, all those years back and he finally brings his potential, that Danish potential, into the uh, the LEC. I like you bring up Danish potential. Mm -hmm. they, were the da they were the Danes when I coached them. I, I think when it comes to Senkoks, just, like, I can reference so many games where he played at a world-class level. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people uh, tend to forget about them and uh, the mindset I have regarding to Sankox is that the potential is there. Just watch him play at the World Championship, what he did uh, against, for example, Samsung when he played against Crown in tip-top shape. He played against Bjergsen at a very high level. We had a very intense group. We played against RNG as well. And he played uh, fantastically. I think uh, those games are good to reference. Uh, the best of five uh, Splice had against G2 that went yeah that went to five game five games. that took Mithy and Perks both making insane plays to bring yeah, it back yeah, yeah. that was uh, you know he, I will say this and Perks literally gets mad every time I bring this up but he smashed Perks in lane like he did uh, like there's I don't remember the, the lane matchups or whatever and I I wouldn't make a statement like that because I don't <laughs> a bunch remember. of corky it was a lot of corky Galio and there were massive CS discrepancies oh, okay. Because Galio is a champion that kind of makes sacrifices to get ahead. Because, so it's hard to judge. But I don't want to get into that. Uh, my point was, Sankooks, I think he has a lot of potential. I think with the right people around him, he can uh, do well. So I, I believe in Sankooks. All right, we're going to have to see. I, I think it's always kind of the potential for Senkux, as you mentioned. He has those high-end performances. We saw that on Misfits for the first half of the split. We saw the collapse as well. Uh, and also for guys like Hikyu, who have been solid have had a couple good games on a, in a roster where you wouldn't have expected them to perform well was this the season for he could arise i guess we'll find out um last thing dark horse is there any team is there any player that stands out to you um there's this rookie 80 carry his name is perks don't know if you've heard of him uh I pretty high expectations from me but the thing is is the nature of the dark horse is that they're not uh, an immediate favorite and i think for a lot of people g2 is a super roster or yeah. rumored super roster is my dark horse is actually vitality and um origin pending how what type of form and how origin shore up the rest of the roster i'm like they could possibly make a top three run like i have no idea what type of form or how it's going to synergize so top three for og but i feel like if, if vitality is a dark horse then they have to be winning the split at this point because that's the only thing that's left we're going to i'm telling you right Boom. now we're winning uh at least one split and not both i like that i like that confidence that brings us to the bet the final segment i haven't i we should bet on Vitality winning. We should, but not the split because we already have a long-term bet and it involves a tattoo. It's hard to beat a tattoo. But how about week one? Yamato, are you willing to promise us a 2-0 
for Vitality in week one. What's my schedule? <laughs> we don't know. That's what makes it so spicy. Yeah, that makes it, you know, it's like when you go over to some Asian country and you see like four peppers, that level spicy. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're getting anymore. You Wait, know? you just can't, you can't go back to back. You're like, we're winning the split. And then he's like, week one. I don't know about this one. I mean, they're well, not directly. Week one, yeah, right? yeah, week one isn't the end all. Be all. I'm with you, Mono, on this one. But I want it. You talked about being confident in your roster hitting the ground running. Okay, okay. Hit me with that. 2 0 first week. 2 0. Are you willing to bet that they won't go 2 0? But I literally just bet that Vitaly were my dark horse. Yeah, they're your dark horse, not like the clear front runners. That's the point. Well, I'm of the riding movie. this horse, you know, so it's mine. He's on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are out of control with the metaphors right now. It's just so many mixed metaphors. He doesn't this, drive a this car. This horse is an engine. So. <laughs> <laughs> or another part of a car, but who's we wouldn't know. Horseshoe? And who's the reins? Frost Grand, we're going to see you and me time. Amato has agreed to this. Someone needs to agree to the other side. But that means that I have to take the other side or there's no bet. But what if I actually yes. agree with him? That's, oh man. We have to pick a different criteria. No, I can make it spicy. We can go 4 0. You want to take that bet? You want to take 4 0, Frosco? But I want both of you in. I want both of you to lose. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Here's the deal. Best of ones, man. You two are fashion icons. I have a lot of clothing. That's my qualification to be a part of the bet. Losers get dressed for a day by the winners. On broadcast? I think, I think we can commit to that. I think we can I'm sure we can that. get a workaround. We can get a workaround. Depends. On broadcast. On broadcast. So you got to go up on stage. Of course, it has to meet LCS requirements. So uh, I'm not, or LEC, rather. Ooh, excuse me. Whoa. Ooh. Oh. Whoa, whoa, you don't even oh, meet any, the other requirements. Do you know what league we're in? <laughs> you know I can't say it. That was the struggle last episode, okay? <laughs> LEC requirements. So if, if that is suits for coaches or sweatpants, I don't know what the LEC requirements for coaches are going to be. Maybe it's sweatpants. So you have to meet the requirements. It has to be appropriate by league rules. Um Slash broadcast rules, so that suits for us. Then well, it's weird, you know. I, I, like I, I don't mind wearing random shit, but on game days it's such a ritual, you know. Mm. So it's hard for me to give that up. It's, it's hard. All right, what if we go? You can maximum ridiculous, but you have to wear it out. Yeah, like that's better for me. All right, because like everything, I, I'm a ritual based person, and if I'm coming in one day wearing like clown makeup. And like a rainbow afro. I want. Uh, that's not gonna work. Yeah. I want a, a picture <laughs> in a restaurant with the ridiculous outfit. Oh yeah, you have to eat at so, a restaurant. So we're doing ridiculous. That's <laughs> yeah, that's this is all ridiculous. <laughs> well, we were gonna do like we would just pick it out for you, and I would make you look fly as fuck, and you'd be like, okay, I understand. <laughs> but now it's no, now it's ridiculous. Okay, okay, all right. You're just a. a Bucket of f bombs. I just want to say you keep forgetting, dude. I just don't like. I just hope that after the most recent f bomb, you learn. But I guess I just have to call it out now. All right, you have to wear it to a dinner, and you have to wear it to a bar or beverage establishment. Following. Karaoke. Karaoke afterwards. He's really excited. You have to do dinner, and you have to do one song at karaoke, and we will record that, and we will share that with you in the world, all in a ridiculous outfit chosen by your opponents. Yes. And it has to be, um, in Sweden, we say kläder efter väder, which means uh, clothes after the weather. So I'm not going to go out and freeze and get sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For oh, sure. yeah we're so not you're allowed to wear you your jackets, but once, yeah, yeah. once you're inside the restaurant, you will remove said winter layers and don your clown costume. Can you imagine a hot dog that comes into your cafe in a coat? <laughs> <laughs> A hot dog comes in? Well, he says, like, if you wore a hot dog costume with all your winter jackets uh -huh. on, you took it off and you sat down, and we go to, like, a nice restaurant, like a four-star restaurant, you sit down, you're like, yeah, I'll have the tasting menu. I'd like the steak tartare. <laughs> all right, there you have it. That is your bet. That is 4-0 for Vitality. Ooh. If it happens, Frostgren and I have to dress up as anything. Can we date... Can we go on a date? We can go on a date. Well, we're, you, I feel like you would want to come too to see this embarrassment, right? Of course. Yeah, okay. of course. Yeah. So we're all it's a three-man date. Yeah, my it's, a, it's a three-man date. Paid by Steve. Go. Yes. Why not? Why not? We got it. All right, this has been episode two of season 2.5 of Euphoria. Thanks so much for watching, discussing rosters, everything else. One more episode remains in the season. We'll keep you guys posted as it's coming out in what is... I would say a loose, we have a loose schedule right now for Euphoria. It's off season. That's how it goes. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.